A brand promise can be defined as the value a customer can expect to receive from an organization, but it can be an empty promise if not built on trust and integrity. So a brand promise, when authentically lived out, can help a brand thrive in the marketplace. It should influence your customer experience, your values, offerings, and communications. In fact, everything that makes up your brand presence. So as a marketer, how do you use storytelling to keep your promise? Storytelling is connecting a speaker and a listener. Most brands, I believe, are built for the inside out. Build a full customer experience. People want authenticity. This episode of the CMO Show is brought to you by Filtered Media, Australia's most respected brand storytelling agency. Telling your story brilliantly. Hello, friends. Mark Jones here. How are you? It's great to have you with us again on the CMO Show as we continue to share stories about purpose-driven brands. My guest today is Renee Amore. She is the General Manager Marketing and Communications at BPay. So caveat right out of the gate, this is actually one of our clients. We are going to talk today about the role of trust and loyalty in brand communication, how we value simplicity, and how marketers can communicate a brand's honest truth through storytelling. So let's go to my conversation with Renee. Great to have you with us, Renee. Nice to be here. Thanks, Mark. I'm interested to hear what's it like working in the payment sector? We'll talk to you about your career in a second, but the payment sector itself is fascinating at the moment because of the amount of change that's going on. Tell me what it's like from your perspective. There's so much potential for where the industry is going to head over the coming decade, even couple of decades with what's underway at the moment in the review of payments in particular in Australia. And it's really setting up payments in Australia to take on the world. So it's likely to bring together the entities that are most important to payments in Australia today to to create a stronger force together. Um, And should that not progress, we've learned so much along the way around how we could work better together to streamline what we take to the Australian market. If you think about the big picture from a payments perspective, what are the biggest customer issues that the payments industry is trying to solve at the moment? Our customer matrix includes financial institutions, it includes big businesses, small businesses, micro businesses, and right through to average Australians who are just trying to move money around. And so trying to find solutions that create the win-win across that matrix of customers is the the strongest and biggest of challenges. Um, When you take that on in conjunction with thinking about what's happening in technology and platforms across the world, What we're really facing is how we build the strongest, safest, most secure environments for people to be able to move money around while ensuring, you know, we still keep things fast. We still keep money moving at a pace at which we expect it to today, not, you know, snail mail of 10 years ago uh, and definitely not checks. So we're trying to move things into a faster pace while keeping everything safe and secure. I'm fascinated by this because the old uh, good, fast, cheap model, you can pick two and not three. Uh, I think about it all the time. But in regards to this, you want to be good, so secure, fast, obviously. And good is is actually a quality metric in terms of like a user experience, uh, make it easy. So really, maybe that's one of the biggest complexities that's going on here is you're actually trying to be all three. And it's not that the payments industry itself maybe is pushing that. It is very much a consumer demand, right? Most definitely. And 
there are so many bodies involved in that. So the consumer experience very much from a payments view is often in a digital banking environment where the banks compete on what that experience might be. So quite often what we're doing from a payments uh, platforming perspective is to enable banks and other businesses to build on top of the simplicity we've created in order to build an experience that sets them apart at the front line, you know, within the bank itself. So uh, 100% it's consumer demand. In saying that, there's not one size fit all for all consumers. And so having that range of experiences is vital. Tell me about BPay itself. We, you know, been talking about the market uh, from a, a big picture perspective. One of the fun things um, for me, I believe this goes kind of back into the the sixties and seventies with bank card. Uh, I remember growing up and learning about bank card. Uh, my mother was a big fan of using bank card all the time. Right, I'm getting a bit retro here, but you know, BPay as a brand as an organisation has been around for a really long time, and it's got that kind of legacy. How do you interpret and understand the the story of BPay? Well, it is an interesting story. BPay Group has been around for a very long time. And what it's proven is this organisation has been able to adapt and adjust and to reinvent as the generations change. You know, bank card is no longer relevant today. And there is a really good reason for that. BPay as a product is still relevant today, but we continue to optimise it. And since BPay, we've launched OSCO as a peer-to-peer payment method. And so, you know, that continual reinvention to keep up with the market, to keep up with what consumers, business and banks need is what BPay Group is really good at. So it's that finding out what people need, reinventing what we, we and what we offer and not being scared to shut things down when they're no longer relevant. That's, that's the legacy of BPay Group in many ways. That's actually a really key insight. How do you have an organization with that sort of mindset. It's not actually easy. Everyone talks about transforming and moving with the times and uh, that's how you create storied organizations, but that's easier said than done. So what does it take? I've been with BPay Group now four years and I have to say it comes from the top and it comes from having leadership from either a board or a CEO level that really drives transformation and innovation What has happened during my time is we've had a strong strategic intent to reinvent the values and the behaviours and the culture of the organisation to help it to keep up. Uh, And so in four years, it's been phenomenal. We've had uh, an average employee engagement go to, you know, award-winning and and a leading organisation in terms of people transformation. We've had um, a, a business strategy that has gone from let's make sure that BPay continues to work to let's make sure BPay thrives and and enables and work with fintechs instead of being scared of fintechs. And it's a complete organisational shift. It's it's understanding the customer, it's understanding employees, it's understanding the market and keeping a really simple approach to making sure that the win-win comes through for all of them. Recently, we rebuilt our purpose for the organization and as an organization every single employee was involved in delivering and building what that purpose would be and we we've come up with ensuring that we make life simpler and as we do any product innovation any marketing initiative any you know even financial record or or any type of work we're striving to make sure it makes life simpler for us and for everybody else how do you um, think about that with this background of technology disruption? Banks, in my view, are, are tech companies with a banking license. <laughs> and how do you see yourselves as a payment company? Is it the same? 
It's interesting you should say that. I think where we're particularly strong is understanding the needs of financial institutions and what they are building and fitting in with them. So a good example more recently is we uncovered a need in some financial institutions to move a lot more rapidly. So instead of offering a standard approach to BPAY products, we've launched a series of APIs and we're continuing to build those because it helps those companies that are more uh, technology-led, fintechs in particular, but also the big banks, where we're working with them to provide solutions that help them to build on top of the technology platforms they have. Uh, and that's been the way that BPAY's worked for a long time. Often BPAY Group builds on top of the infrastructure of the industry and supplements the gaps with the products that we build. But, you know, we definitely work with a whole suite of different technology type background companies, whether they see themselves as technology first or not. Ultimately, the way your products implement has a technology side to it. So we have a very expert technology team. In fact, our CIO has just been in the top 50 for the country. Congratulations. That's fantastic. I think that's the the part of this business that a lot of people don't see when we get below the campaigns and all the work that goes on in the background to make the financial platforms work. I mean, you know, once you start, you can never stop. Now, I understand there's a the, the proposed merger of FPOS and uh, NPP Australia and BPAY. What's going on there? And, uh, you know, how does that play into all of this change and transformation discussion? Yeah, look, it does. Um, there is a proposed merger going through. It's actually the consolidation of the governance of those three organisations with a view that each of the three companies would retain the way that they work today in terms of the way they work their products with room for optimization of the um, alignment of product new development over time. So that is a proposal. It is going through the motions. The next step is that the ACCC would review that and a decision is yet to be made. Uh, we do see that there is definite upside from a a national perspective. So if we could see an improved coordination across those three companies in terms of how we work together to build payment innovation in particular, uh, that's only going to work for consumers and businesses over time. So the interesting thing is connecting that and to our, our conversation about the the change that's going on. Uh, let's get a lot closer to your role. And uh, when you span this marketing and comms function, how do you tell a story when these things are changing so fast? Do you have this kind of sense of like, I'm just going to have to be running with whatever's going this week or, or you know, how far down the, the line can you go with the, your sort of strategic planning? You know, if you start with the truth, the truth doesn't change and that genuine um, nugget that sits behind any storytelling isn't going to shift. In our case with BPAY Group, we start with our, our core, which is we are really good at business transformation. We're really good at leadership. We're really good and we're proven in terms of the culture that we've created and in being award-winning. Those things don't shift. Um, and those things will only be an asset to a, an organisation that might have this merged governance or not if that doesn't go ahead. So our strategy from a marketing communications perspective is to start with the genuine truth and, and tell it. And there's no doubt that in storytelling, you're really tapping into that emotive and the functional needs of an organization, plus trying to gel that with the customers you're talking to. So, you know, you start with the nuggets of truth and you share them. There's nothing that can shift that in, you know, the change that's happening around us. Well, let's get specific uh, and talk about a fun example. So in 2020, 
you parted with Rural Aid and a drag artist, Lisa Mann, right? That was a bit of fun. Tell me about what was going on with that campaign and why it was so successful. 98% of all Australians over 18 know BPAY as a brand. They're aware of BPAY. You know, yeah. 70% of people consider it and, and a high proportion use it. What we have a challenge of doing in marketing is ensure that people remember that BPAY is there for the right reasons. Uh, in the case yeah. of the Lisa Mann campaign, I remember coming across a tweet she made and it was talking about how she was offering to pay the bills of people using BPAY because it's anonymous and because it does enable her to pay bills without asking for bank account details. I remember her saying, you know, I remember what it was like to be sleeping on the floor and there's got to be people doing it tough to, through COVID right now. I really want to help you pay bills and I'll help you do that with BPAY. If you just send me a copy of the bill, send me that little bill box at the bottom. And I thought, wow, one... I got goosebumps reading the story. I heard her story and I heard her genuine want to help. Two, I couldn't pay for somebody to have come up with that idea. Why wouldn't we want to further that for her and help yeah. Lisa to help more people while telling this honest truth about the BPAY product, which is it's anonymous, it's secure, you don't have to give out your bank account details and we can pay your bill with it. And it came together and we approached Lisa what was really challenging is Lisa was based in Melbourne and we were based in Sydney and we wanted to film a TV commercial with somebody who was now in lockdown. So that's where the challenge actually came because, you know, the beautiful story behind Lisa Mann and what she was genuinely doing to help was a no-brainer to, to ask if we could help her to do more with it. My logic has always been if you can do good with your marketing initiatives then you should. And this was a clear and easy example to be able to do that. Yeah, it's one of those rare things that you almost dare not to dream about is something like that dropping into your lap effectively, right? And then it becomes a question of how can we work with this in the most authentic way possible? How did you get the balance right? You can see the opportunity to, to get this out there, to get some really some scale behind the message, but you also don't want to uh, undermine it by being too pushy. That's it. And we didn't want to be cheesy. So what we did do is work on um, what it was we needed to achieve, which was genuine as well. And that was to help educate people of the benefits of BPAY. It's not necessarily going to make us a lot of money to do that. This is going to help people to pay their bills in a way that they're in control. There's a definite win-win in there. And we worked with Lisa to find out exactly what it was that she saw as valuable in the first place. We built that story with um, knowing that we could educate some people to do things better and rewarded people for doing that. So for every video that was watched, we made a donation to help fund people who couldn't pay their own bills anymore. What impact did it have? What, what sort of lasting impact has it had on the brand, on the on the story and the way that the communities think about BPAY now? We definitely had a lot of really positive feedback throughout the campaign. A lot of the financial institutions we work with continued the message into their customer base because it resonated for them as well to be able to help others. And we saw that the things that we'd been looking at around consideration and usage continued to improve from where they'd been before. So telling a genuine story, finding the win-win, trying to do good while at the same time hitting a business objective really paid off in this case. Now, have you got a question you'd like me to answer on the show? Just tweet at CMO Show or use the hashtag The CMO Show. I'd love to hear from you. 
The next stage of this was a, an online art exhibit and looking at how you could get some awareness through that and looking at photography and other ways of um, connecting people to the story of, of people in drought. What were the challenges you faced in, in that context? So that was actually an earlier campaign. So we had started on a journey of BPAY helping others in need at the right time earlier in the year. And it was right through the period of drought through Middle Australia. We partnered with Rural Aid so that we could help pay the bills of farmers who were in need and who couldn't pay the bills in drought. At the point COVID hit, we'd started that campaign and we'd raised a lot of money to help these farmers who, who graciously would provide access to their farms so that we could take beautiful photos to help raise even more money. And the team had secured a location in Sydney, a gallery, to present these photos and share the stories of these beautiful homes. COVID hit and the gallery had to shut I cannot be more proud of my team. They just jumped on it in an agile way, changed things up and turned it into a virtual exhibition where they raised money by selling these images. Uh, and it was, it was just amazing. And the reach of moving into a virtual gallery was so much further reaching than just a, a single face-to-face -face exhibition. And a good chance in being able to uh, adjust on the fly, which is what we all kind of do these days, right? So it uh, sounds like you've been practicing that for a little while. The interesting thing about BPAY too, of course, is when we look at payments and where most of us see that brand, speaking personally, it's on a bill, right? So it's not the most fun environment. And to some extent, we know why we're using BPAY because it's safe, it's secure, I can get it done easily. It's a, There's all of the, the quality issues that we've just discussed. But, you know, I think these two campaigns we've talked about are kind of interesting and fun. But what does it take to, to get there? Because really, it's not a fun idea. You're not standing around a barbecue talking about payments necessarily. Like it's, do you know what I mean? Like on the category of fun things, payments is not up there, right? One of the greatest challenges uh, from a marketer is is making something interesting, right? And telling a story or, or uh, having a narrative that helps to influence people when it's a really mundane task. You know, who wants to pay a bill? Mm. I don't wake up and think I must pay my Telstra bill today or any other type of bill, in fact. Or actually, maybe sometimes I wake up with a nightmare thinking, ah, oh, I forgot that bill. But where it comes to BPay, there are so many positives. You know, there's an iconic brand there that's been around for 20 years that looking on the bright side, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity. And sometimes it comes down to the mindset you go into a marketing or a communications issue with. If it's about trying to make payments exciting, I'm not sure we're ever going to win that battle. If it's trying to make sure that payments meets your needs and it actually has a way to enable your life without necessarily getting in the way of it, that's an easy story to tell and it's an easy way to influence somebody for the better. You know, I cannot sing the praises enough of BeatPay. It makes life easier for people. I wouldn't have mm -hmm. thought that maybe 10 years ago when I saw it on my bill, but now I'm convinced and if I'm convinced I can tell that story easy enough. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things too from a storytelling perspective is understanding what's the emotion that I'm seeking to foster. It's one thing to focus on behavior change and getting people to use the platform more and creating incentives and so on, but it seems to me like one of the objectives here from an emotive, emotional connection point of view would be a sense of satisfaction. It's the the idea that it kind of works and it I can use it and um, 
it's okay, right? It's a, there's a reassurance type idea. Again, we're not trying to sell roller coasters, but you are trying to build, um, foster uh, that sense of trust and loyalty. Is that a, a fair summary of the the way that you think about the strategy behind this? I think the only other word I'd add is control. So it's less, it's satisfaction somewhat, but being in control of my own money is really important in a day when more and more money is just taken out of your account or money is just moved around on your behalf or you might not get as much money as you would like. That sense of control with, I've worked hard for this and I can do what I like with this and still get in front of my bills, that's the functional and emotive together. Uh, And that's true for multiple payment methods, uh, but nonetheless than at a time in history when it's more important to be in control of money that sits in the bank, you know. Through the pandemic, we've seen that greater divide start to occur where there are people who just have less money and they're struggling. So anything we can do that can either help them get on top or at least control when that money's going to move only going to help them. And it's a genuine help. That's a neat segue because I wanted to ask you about education as an idea, as a, as a concept that you infuse into marketing and comms activities. Because if we think about people in their 20s and 30s, there are a, a large proportion of people who are either undereducated, for want of a better term, or just simply don't know how the best ways to pay a bill. That's one component. Then you've got this other idea. There's, there's actually very, very well educated leading edge young people who understand all the alternatives, right? And they'll go actively looking for the lowest cost alternative ways of, of making a payment. Um, so you're sort of bridging a couple of um, different options there. How do you think about how you speak into that space as a, as a thought leader? I think we work more so with financial institutions when it comes to how financial literacy might be educated more broadly, because there's a role for payments within broader financial literacy. It's not a standalone education topic. In saying that, if there are people out there who need education because they're not sure how something functionally works, we have that content available and we have that available either white labeled and rebranded through financial institution websites or in our own assets suite. Mm. Um, So education does become a very important topic. We, We definitely partner with the types of environments where people who are less than educated normally might go Uh, and particularly for those younger segments range of podcasts a range of key talent partnerships and a range of assets that we make available just in public environments to help people to self-educate where they need to on those things that are simple enough and to push them back to their financial institution when they need to be educated by an expert and what are you learning about what's working Uh, of all the different channels and the options that you've got? What's working versus not these days? Obviously, it's different by market. Because we do have this really complex customer market, you cannot exclude the value of a face-to-face relationship, even though it's virtual, uh, with financial institutions, with businesses, and we're available to do that on a regular basis. And we, we make sure the narrative that we have in advertising, which might be hitting a mass consumer, is also flowing through and shared back into the the one-on-one relationships. We're definitely seeing as we look into LinkedIn, uh, there's a great engagement there for those people who are, let's face it, payments nerds. They know to come there (laughs) because they're likely to be in the industry and that's where we're going to share that type of content. 
If you talk about uh, the younger gen- generation, of course, we're in social media environments, of course, we're in podcasts, and of course, uh, we're sharing through their parents to reach them where, where we need to. That kind of connects with this idea that we have to personalise a brand in some way. You don't have branches, you know, in a traditional sense, right? So how do you put a face to the BPAY name? In very many cases, you experience BPAY because you're working with a particular bank or you choose to bank with a bank. We 100% have set up our brand strategy and our, our brand so that it can work in a tailored sense with financial institutions so that it works with what they need to tell their customers at that point in time. And our marketing strategy has multiple layers, you can imagine. But within financial institutions, we work with them one-on-one to develop strategies to ensure that that brand works for them in their environments. We're very conscious that it's not a standalone brand. It can be on a bill, but it's still always sitting with the, the bill owner. So we 100% also provide all those billers with everything they need to share education around BPAY as they require it. It might be email templates. It might be anything. We provide all of that material and we tailor it with them. So it's a, it's a very interesting B2B2C marketing strategy as we look at BPAY brand and the OSCO brand because we're one end and the customer's the other end and there's always a very important business right in the middle. So if we're doing an advertising campaign, we're conscious of how do we make sure that that business in the middle, whether it's a bank or a biller, is supported with what we're doing. You know, uh, as you were explaining that, my brain was almost hurting trying to do a quick mind map of, you know, which is the primary brand and the sub brand. And, you know, I can only just imagine the complexity of like, how do you get that strategy right so that you are supporting the ecosystem? You want to get your own brand to be seen as if you like a, a master brand uh, in its own right, and yet it's still a supporting player in the bigger act, which is you know the the financial institutions uh, that kind of own that more prominent role with the customer, right? It's so unique, it's so exciting, it's so challenging for a marketer. So yeah. why you always can't have to come back to that truth and that genuine kind of nugget that doesn't change, yeah. regardless of if it's B to C or B to B to C, there's always a single truth that's underpinning it, whether it's the the control story or the security story that they want to leverage. It's still the same truth that another biller or another bank might want to build upon as well in terms of their story. You yes, have to get back to that true north, which is yep. what's in it for the ultimate customer. Yeah, so it's the, it's the customer-centric story. But at the same time, internally, I'm sure when it comes to attribution modeling and, uh, you know, budgets and all that sort of stuff, you must have the most enormous whiteboards with, you know, connections and who knows, like I'd love to know how you kind of get your head around that because you to arrive at that truth and that simplicity, you, you can't ignore the insights that you would get from doing the hard work of mapping it all out too, right? 100%. And it's so complicated to get to simple. Can you yeah. imagine how complicated... It is when you add those multiple layers of customers, the complication yeah. to get to simple and the layers to get to simple. I don't think people fully understand. They just go, oh, wow, BPAY is so easy. And it's, it is simple. It is easy. It's really, you know, an ultimate product. But the work that goes behind the scenes is, is phenomenal to make sure that people do see it that way. Looking ahead, what's um, some of the priorities? I liked the comment you made earlier about the really understanding your purpose to make things easy. Um, and then, you know, from a responsible business perspective, that's another thing that a lot of organizations are looking at. So what's the way that you're navigating or planning to navigate through that and build on the easy 
message with the impact that ultimately Easy delivers? So I look at it again in a simple way. I look at everything as an onion. So you start at the center, who needs to know what and who needs to know everything at the center? And there's usually your employees and the board, likely. There's another layer that's around that and it's the people with a vested interest. It might be industry, it might be key partners, it might be the media. And then on the outside, you might have customers who need to know what's important to them, but you don't need to get too much in their face. Um, So I start with that onion and I start with, well, what's going to make things easiest for the middle to understand? And they're going to need to know more, but they're going to need to know it in a very simplistic way. So we, we talk about, well, let's talk about what's happening at BPay Group Core. Let's talk about our business strategy. Let's talk about where the products are headed, how we're innovating on them and, and what might happen in the future. That story is like a crux of what everybody else will know. We simplify mm. that as we move out a layer and simplify it again to just the product context most likely for the outer ring. Uh, and that's what we're doing now as we think through, well, what might change over the coming 18 months? What might not? How are we going to handle that change? The truth that underpins it all is that our brands have a story that's not going to shift. It still meets the same needs. We still have to meet the needs of this B2B to C model. Uh, We still need to continue to ask businesses, financial institutions, consumers what they need ongoing. And what stays the same is that we continue to promise that it'll be simple to work with us. And it'll be simple to get control with our products of your own money. Yeah, I like that. It's a really nice um, way of framing um, your whole approach. If you think more broadly about how you continue to grow and develop as a professional, are there other brands or you know stories out there that have inspired you as you're working on these plans? You know, it's really interesting. We're looking at a lot of organisations at the moment because we, like every organisation, we're looking at how do we create even greater connection in this new way of working with people, either internally or externally or with customers. And so I've been looking at the likes of Google and Atlassian and some of those other companies that are starting to look at connection between individuals in a different way. Uh, Our own head of people and culture has just educated me around how you can use rituals instead of meetings, for example, to really create connections with people at work. And I'm starting to look at brands that look at creating rituals and connection in a different way from traditional ways. So I know that's not necessarily saying, here's the brands I'm chasing after, because I've not seen that in any brands yet. Um, But that's what I'm starting to search for just in the last couple of weeks. I'm looking for those brands who are looking at creating connection with people, because that's ultimately all we do, in ways that adapt to the new ways of working and the new ways of engaging with people. What do you mean by ritual? It's where you can create an emotional connection primarily. It might be, if you think about a work setting, not going to default to let's have a meeting to talk about something that will connect us. It might instead be let's have that Zoom o'clock wine and just chat. It might be let's go for a walk and have a phone call instead of um, sitting down face-to-face. It might be uh, let's literally go for a walk while we're in the office together instead of sitting in a meeting room because, you know, It's creating a different sense of emotional connection in a way that creates trust. So for a brand dealing with a customer, a ritual might be, let's look at those experience points that you might work with BPay and think about, is there a separate 
way to embed that emotional connection, that sense of control. It might be that we're telling you about it, that we're sharing the awards we've won, that we're looking at how to improve that in a digital banking sense. But there are other other things that we could do that would help you trust us more. Can we do more to help people who can't pay their bills? Props to you for leading the charge on all of that. And uh, I have got a lot of great creative ideas out of our conversation today. I I hope you've enjoyed the experience. Um, Renee Amore, thank you so much for being our guest today on The CMO Show. Thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Renee Amore. It was really good to talk with her about the way BPay uses its drive for transformation and innovation as this authentic lens for its messaging and its marketing efforts. And I really loved her advice to CMOs and senior executives on how to simplify complex messages with creativity and how taking a simple approach to understanding customers, employees, and the market presents a unique opportunity for marketers to do good through their work by championing their truth. Finally, a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please subscribe to The CMO Show. You can find us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you want more of The CMO Show, you can head over to thecmoshow.filteredmedia.com.au and check out the back catalog of more than 130 episodes. There's something for every marketer in our amazing collection of stories. There it is for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, it's been a pleasure to have you with us on this podcast and part of this conversation about purpose-driven brands. Until next time. The CMO Show is brought to you by the team here at Filtered Media. The show is produced by Charlotte Goodwin and Stephanie Wu. It's engineered and edited by Tom Henderson and Daniel Marr.